Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're staying well, keeping safe and getting jabbed up to the max as summer approaches. And we are back once again to review the SWPL2 action from kind of a little bit of Sunday and a little bit of midweek. We're recording this at quarter to 11 on Wednesday night after being at a couple of games because I think, as we alluded to beforehand, we're very busy boys at the moment, so we're trying to, try to do everything as much as we can. And I say we're very busy boys because I've got the busiest of all the boys right beside me. Well, not beside me. On a Zoom screen, the other end of me. It's Campbell Ferguson. Campbell, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. Yeah, very chatty, as we've noticed. Um, we are regretting no wearing shorts tonight and now in here flitting away midgy bites. But very, very positive. So uh, let's talk about an eventful night across yeah. Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Um, I agree with the midgy bites thing as well. I, I have no idea how many are going to appear when I wake up tomorrow morning. But, you know, that's the joy of summer football in Scotland. So we, we embrace it. Before we get on to tonight's extravaganza of, of football, let's have a quick recap of Sunday, because obviously the World Games on Sunday. Um, and yeah, quick rundown of the results. You were at Partick Thistle against Kilmarnock, Partick Thistle 2, Kelly 0. Um, it was Birmingham with Thistle 1, Stirling Uni 1. I was at New Douglas Park for Hamilton Ackies 0, St Johnston 1. And then 93, Queen's Park 1. I mean, I think from those results, Campbell, the one that probably sticks out is St Johnston beating Ackies 1 0 at, at New Douglas Park. It was. Uh, a bit of a smashing grab. It was something that I think Jason McCrindle said after the game as well. Uh, St. Johnson got a, a, a really early goal uh, from Rachel Todd and they just managed to hang on. Aki's missed two or three really guilt-edged chances, but that was a precursor to the midweek fixtures because obviously Patrick Thistle and Dundee United went and put them kind of in control in that race for second place behind Aberdeen, who didn't have a game because of Scotland's collapse. Yeah, it was a... <laughs> it was obviously a late kickoff on Sunday, and a result I don't think anybody really saw coming. It was a sort of game as you've kind of alluded to already, and you know, did it the weekend as well, where St Johnson were kind of defending well and then took their goal and kind of held on to it. It was, I don't, as I say, they're not a result that we, we saw coming, especially with some of St Johnson's results um, elsewhere since the restart. So impressive for them, but Aki's again just still pretty lethargic as they have been for the last parts of the season, and that's probably why they're um, as far off top spot as they are. Um, so, the, again, disappointing, a game that they'll have expected to win, with all due respect to St Johnston, but it's a smashing grab, as you've put it there. And one that keeps St Johnston just that wee bit further ahead of everyone else below them, but at this point now, speaking on Wednesday, certainly um, out of the race for promotion. Yeah, I mean, we won't go too much into the games on Sunday because they were on Sunday and we've literally just come back from games from the midweek. But I, I'm keen to get your thoughts because obviously you were at Glasgow Women Dundee United tonight. I was at Hamilton Park at Thistle. So I'm keen to get your thoughts on Thistle from Sunday. Um, obviously the first time we'd have seen them since the break. A uh, 2-0 victory against Kelly. I think that's a, a result that they obviously would have wanted in terms of getting the three points. It, it was hard to judge. Thistle on Sunday, it was... A real lack of a football game, to be perfectly honest. It was um, obviously at the, the beautiful stadium that is Lockburn Park, but the pitch was very dry on Sunday, and it's a place that has certainly had poor drainage over the years, but the dry weather didn't help, and Thistle in particular liked to get the ball down and play some good football, and couldn't really. Um, they scored kind of midway through the half to, to take the lead in, it was just poor from Kilmarnock. A throw in that, again, the bounce sort of missed, they all misjudged it, and then the ball eventually went its way to Ernest Riffer at Appen. And this over ahead, but never really looked great and didn't have to be against a Kilmarnock side that also struggled with it. Um, it's all about the refereeing decisions and fouls in that game that kind of made it a bit stop starting. The referee was 
I think listening to shouts and I ended up kind of ruining what could have been a good game of football and then didn't send off Shelley Campbell who kicked out at someone when Cutty's excuse was oh, well, I've already stopped the game for something else then sent off Freya McDonald for a tackle that had both benches up going ref that's never a red card and then sent Lisa Swanson off having who was on a booking so it was a bit stupid the route she did but I think throwing the ball at someone from a yard away is maybe not as bad as it looked so it was it was just a game where all the talking points kind of came from what happened off the ball and other things so it wasn't a great um, I think it would be better to see Thistle in a game like tonight maybe on a different park but they're a team there of Spati Thistle that have made some, some good signings and are up at the top end of the table for a reason so I'd like to see them again maybe on a pitch that better suits their game because Sunday was Sunday was a bit of a farce to be perfectly honest with you Yeah but we got to the midweek and we are as I said recording Wednesday night um, so yeah the games that well, we were at we were well I was at Hamilton Ackies against Party Thistle and you were at Glasgow and Dundee United and I think since we've touched on that Hamilton Party Thistle those Hamilton Party Thistle games from the weekend I think that's where we'll start in Duncan's Field home of Kilsyth Rangers I think that's the first time I've been to an SWPL game there quite you know it's it's, it's alright it's like it's a big park and I think that did maybe come into play a little bit actually tonight um, just the way that the, the game kind of panned out but I had a, a thoroughly entertaining evening, um, as did what looked, looked like half of the SWPL as well. There was players from Motherwell, Celtic, all, all sorts uh, down at uh, uh, tonight. But um, yeah, game started pretty evenly. I, I thought it was um, both sides, are, I wouldn't say feeling each other out, because I think that's a bit of a cliche and also not accurate for what, what was happening. Uh, but then it kind of burst into life. Karamek Briarty, um, 20 yards out, uh, a screamer, a proper screamer uh, into the back net. There was three people recording that game uh, tonight, which is incredible scenes. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to the three different versions of highlights we're going to get in this one as well, because I think there will be three different versions of highlights given some of the things that happened uh, during the course of this game. But yeah, part of this went 1-0 up. But to be honest with you, from that moment on, Hamilton looked a lot better and looked more likely to score and they, they got back, uh, back into it with a... With a penalty, Amy Anderson with a, a shot from the edge of the area. It hit Amy Bullock kind of on the, the elbow, but it was kind of out of my body. The ball was heading towards the goal, so I could, I could see why it was given. Um, Amy Anderson stepped up and took the penalty. Obviously, Amy Anderson came on as a as a substitute against St. Johnson on Sunday, and she made her first start since the return um, tonight. <laughs> Losing all track of Daisy. Um, and Hamilton continued kind of forward momentum. Kirsty McIntosh was back in the midfield as well. It was like Hamilton 2019 with Kirsty McIntosh and Ian Anderson in the midfield. And her cross balls were causing a lot of, a lot of problems in the Thistle defence. But Anderson said he was doing a good job of dealing with them. But a uh, kind of swift counter attack led by MT Garber. Played in Megan Quigley, who was left one and one in Anderson's empty. And she managed to get it past the and I got a, a hand on the of ball. She probably disappointed she didn't get it around the post, but uh, made it 2-1 for Aki's and it was 2-1 at half time. And at that point, it was, I was definitely more impressed with Aki than I was by Thistle. Thistle just didn't seem to be at it as much. Uh, and the Aki were really using the width of the park and trying to run run wide. And then the second half started and things got, things things kind of picked up a bit of pace. Aki's got two very quick goals. Another penalty. I hold my hands up. It was in real time. I was looking down my phone. Next time I look up, I heard a big clud and people claim for a penalty. So it could have been one of these ones where it was just the sound. Sounded worse than it was, or it could have been an actual penalty. I'll hold my hands up. I didn't. I didn't spy that one. I was checking the results elsewhere. Uh, but Amy Anderson again took the penalty, stood Anna Vincenti up, um, 
no problem with that one. And then Josie Giard rounding the keeper and to make it 4-1. And at 4-1, you thought, it kind of felt like Hamilton Ackies were doing to part of this or what part of this were done to Aberdeen before kind of Christmas time when they beat them 5-1 at Glasgow Green. And the fact that it was at a different venue from normal and it was against a team above them in the league and that. But, I mean, it's probably those two quick goals after the interval will have been disappointing for Thistle because Brian Graham did change it up a bit. He brought on Emma Craig and trialist John McClintock. Um, honestly, trialists, just call them by their name. People know who they are. I know it's the done thing, but it's a, it's a stupid football thing across all football that needs to stop. Um, and an attempt to kind of chase some goals down, but those two quick goals. But then he got a lifeline, as I said, 15 minutes to go. Claire Docker, you've been pushed a bit further back with the introduction of these two, these two coming on. Uh, the most innocuous of floaty crosses from the most innocuous part of the park into the box. It bounces two or three yards in front of Lauren Grant and somehow gets over her head and into the goal. And it was one of those ones you looked at and went, I can't believe I've just seen that. Um, and it changed the momentum of the game a little bit um, because it gave Partick Thistle something to kind of go after in those last 15 minutes and that last 15 minutes got a little bit heated um, there was a pretty heavy I mean it was a pretty heavy tackle by uh, Kathleen McGovern on Jade Gallen which then led to some um, some barging and uh, Kathleen giving Jade uh, a 4-2 uh, scoreline update um, which I'm sure Jade probably knew already so I mean, it got a bit, it got a bit testy. I mean, Amy Anderson and Colette Fleming were kind of very much on top of each other throughout the whole game as well. Uh, and yeah, it just it gave us something to go after. But at the same time, I don't think they really created enough getting aside from the the, the continuing drama on the pitch. Um, I don't think they really created enough in that final spell. And towards the end of the game, there was a red card. Uh, Megan Quilly and Sophie Gallagher had a bit of a coming together. Uh, it was kind of the other side of the park from where all the the punters were. Uh, but it looked like there was some kind of kicking involved and there seemed to be a bit of consternation because Megan Quigley got a red card and Sophie Gallagher only got a yellow. Game finished maybe about a minute after that. I was exhausted by the end of it because it had just kind of burst into life, but I had a really entertaining. I think Thistle felt they had a couple of penalty shouts as well um, for handball. Again, lots of bodies and we've not seen any of these plays yet, but yeah, four to Aki's. I mean, it's a result. That was, that was a big old monologue, that. But it was a, a result that Aki's needed Campbell um, in terms of keeping themselves in that promotion hunt. It was these games, as we, we said this afternoon, um, these games are going to be crucial, but it's the games against some of the sides going to slightly below. We were talking about the United at the time um, for this afternoon, where tonight was a sort of game that's even bigger for teams like that. So for Thistle... Um, to have got ahead with Aki's and United to have a drop points uh, since the restart they have seen tonight as a real chance to, to extend that and I think going ahead they'd certainly have thought that they could do and then obviously as you've said Aki's have then come back and shown that metal that they've perhaps lacked a wee bit this season like we say there so to get three points from behind in a game that as you say seemed to just end up kind of erupting into a big battle again is good for them because as you say they're a side that usually are up for that fight but Perhaps haven't they been enough this season, but to get there now, it puts them level with Thistle ahead of them on goal difference. The Aki's the goal difference is pretty much worth another point at the minute. It's that far ahead of the other two. Um, and now suddenly they're both chasing Dundee United and then next Wednesday back at Kilsyth, Hamlet played Dundee United, don't they? So SWPL2 is just fantastic and that's why we love it so much. So big, big win for Hamilton and I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on next Sunday against the United side that were also pretty impressive tonight as I'm sure we'll soon get to. 
I think, well, let's get to it right now because there's no point in dwelling on these too much because we haven't seen each other's games. We are purely going on what we're telling each other. So tell me about Glasgow women against Dundee United Campbell. Um, <laughs> where do you start? There was a lot of debate between two sides about training and warm-ups and things before the game that is not really for me to go and talk about, but that kind of made it touchy to begin with. And then for the first five minutes, Glasgow women looked pretty decent. And then United got a goal out of absolutely nothing. Holly Napier lined up a shot from about 30 yards out, and I'm behind it thinking, what are you shooting for there for? Some of the shot takes a deflection off uh, Hannah Cunningham's head and then flies it in the top corner. And from then on, United were the team kind of in control. They got a second that Glasgow women are now claiming was offside. At the time, I didn't really think there was anything in it. It looked like Robert Smith had timed the run well to go on Danny McGinley's pass. Perhaps hasn't. I've not seen a replay yet, but a very good finish for 2-0. And Glasgow women were disappointing, to be perfectly honest. They're a team that likes to get the ball down and play. And the pitch at Shettleston was in decent nick, to be fair, but it's it's not obviously the Astro that used to play on. So whether that's played a part in it, um, Craig Joyce said it didn't. It might well do, um, but they just never really got going. And then as it looked like it was going to be at halftime, 2-0, where nothing really happened. Then United, <laughs> United took a throw in out on the, sort of the far right corner. Danny McGinley throws it in that the United bench were kind of stunned earlier on in the half to realise you could throw the ball that far. Um, threw it in and it looked like it just went straight through, hit the back post and went into the net. The referee seemed to just give it right away. Laurie Ross wheeled away at the back post, celebrating as if she'd touched it. Everyone else kind of stopped over where we were standing, but did that actually touch anyone? Like, you can't score from a throw in, so what's happened? So, Craig Joyce is having a moan about it. The linesman uh, tells the referee to come over, so the referee speaks to him, and he says, it sets your number five, which would be Joe Addy's head. She claims she never touched the ball. The linesman then says, oh, it hit the United five, which is Laurie Ross, who has claimed she's touched the ball at the back post. The linesman keeps moaning at Craig, who, because he's shouting at him, books him, and then comes back, goes on and asks Danny McGinley who touched it, what number it was it scored. She said five, which was obviously Laurie Ross. So, But Danny herself had then said, if I can kick it in, I'll throw it in. So you're going to get both teams giving you both sides of the story and no one really knew if anyone had touched it. But... Our trusty assistant, Graham Hart, here has sent us a picture that seems to show Laurie Ross getting a touch on the ball, which would make it pretty conclusive. And she nearly missed it from a bit of yard out, but ball was in the net. It was 3-0 United, and that was pretty much that. And then second half, again, Glasgow women started pretty well. United changed it to have a sort of 4-5-1 where they could just kind of sit and nullify the threat a wee bit. There wasn't really many saves for AG Meach to make. Any save she did have was straight at her, or she could just kind of fall on it. And then... And Eve Guthrie came on at halftime, good link up with Rebecca Foot, and then across that Robert Smith just literally ran into the ball, hit her and bounced into the net. And it was just comfortable for United from then on out. I mean, they'll play better. They used the second half to get to get minutes into players' legs, but the whole squad overall was really solid. I saw it seven, eight out of ten for every one of them. And it was a comfortable night for United against the Glasgow women side that we say that were pretty disappointing. They've got some key players missing, right enough, but it was a lot easier for United, I think, tonight than they would have anticipated. And that was certainly the mood um, in the camp when I spoke to them afterwards. So a very big win for the United, obviously, puts them up to second now. So they are now in the driving seat once again in this topsy-turvy title race that's not a title race, it's a promotion race. Yeah, topsy-turvy title race is not a promotion race, but it's a promotion race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as... Um... As the victory kind of puts, as you mentioned, United in second place, two points to the Ramble and Partick Thistle, 
And I think goal difference belt could potentially come into play. As it stands, uh, Hamilton plus 24, Dundee rate plus 19, and Thistle plus 15. But they are um, all still chasing Aberdeen. And Aberdeen were playing St. Johnson up in Perth. Uh, and do you know what? Half time was now now, and I was I'm, I checked the score. And I was a bit taken aback, and then St Johnson won one nil up through Morgan Stephen. But a double from Francesco Ogilvy and a goal from Eva Thompson means it was a three one victory. It keeps them six points clear of Dundee United with a game in hand. And if I've got my maths right, if they win on Sunday, they will be promoted, um, irrespective of what happens in any of the other games. So we haven't got anything to kind of call as point of reference for this one, but. Aberdeen getting the job done again has, has kind of been the MO for them for this season, really. It has been. I mean, I was talking to someone there, they got one there, St Johnston, and they looked at my phone and was like, well, it's now 3 1 Aberdeen, where Aberdeen seemed to be following that SWPL1 sort of route of scoring goals and just random bursts. And they did that tonight. And Francesco will be again, obviously, on the score sheet after her double last week. Aberdeen are just now able to win these games. And obviously that one defeat, was you say, was disappointing for them, but they're, they're able to come and grind these results out when they're behind them, when they're in what's potentially a tough place. And obviously, again, it's another long midweek trip for them, but came away with three points that all but guarantees them that at least promotion. They'll certainly be delighted with the season, especially for a team that was newly promoted with Queen's Park, who have had, obviously, a, a total opposite season to Aberdeen. So... Lots to be impressed about. They've got a squad up there who are a lot of young players, obviously, playing at high level with the national side as well. Obviously, as you said, mentioned, uh, cancelled their game on Sunday due to that. Um, but they've got that catchment area where they're that bit further away from other, everyone else where they can get the best players from right up in the northeast. And it works for them, and they've been an impressive side when I've seen them. Um, maybe not the best performance last week, but again, like I say, they're able to then step up when they have to to get the points, get the goals. And Aberdeen seem to be pretty much steamrolling now their way to, to that top spot. And I think they'll be a good addition to SWPL1 as well, given what we've seen from them and from the sides down the bottom end of that league. Yeah, I think so too. I think I don't think they can quite. I was just in the sums here as you were talking. I don't think they can quite seal it um, just because I think with part of, part of this one, Hamilton on 28 points, they would need to be another week to do that. But it feels a little bit inevitable for Aberdeen. But I think... Before we move on to the other games, it is that, that race for second where I think we are both super engaged at the moment because you have got Dundee United, Patrick Thistle and Hamilton. All three have proven that they can beat each other. All three have also proven that they can drop points. And, and they've all, there's there's enough combinations of them, each other to play each other left this season. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty exciting uh, promotion race, I think. And I, I hope, I hope it gets the hype it deserves from the kind of people that kind of still cover women's football at this time of year. It should do. I mean, there's, we always have the talk about trying to help grow the game and then you get thought that suddenly going, oh, I'm only interested when Glasgow City are playing Rangers and Celtic and there's a title race at the top there. When in SWPL2, you've got one that's even closer at times. I mean, Aberdeen, yes, obviously that bit ahead, but with the second promotion spot there, United came back um, as the team to beat and within the first week of drop points, I saw them drop to fourth and Thistle looked at the side that were going to go on and really a step up. But then they've just lost to Hamilton, who on themselves lost to St Johnston there. Let's like say United dropped points to Kilmarnock, who tonight gave Sterling Uni their first win of the season. So I mean, it's 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 really up and down. Um, United Thistle in the last day was one I'd kind of pinpointed as maybe heading to because it could be quite tight. United now play obviously Hamilton means I'll get a visit to Cosyth next Wednesday night. 
Um, so there's there's so much going on, and it's really exciting to see how it goes. Um, St Johnston obviously a good win on Sunday, but results in their other games have, have kind of seen them drop out of that chase. So it's a three way fight for one spot, and it's it's going to be a really entertaining end to the season. And, and hopefully, folk like you say, show up and are able to provide that, um, provide that sort of broadcast of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was there was fans. Uh, I don't know how, what the crowd was like at Glasgow because I know they were letting fans in there, but the there was a decent number. I mean, it's, it's you're never going to get a thousand or hundreds and hundreds at an SWPL two game at the moment, but there was a decent number at the the game against uh, for Hamilton against um, Park Thistle tonight. I think the stakes at play definitely played a part in that for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's definitely where probably our focus will go in the in the closing run up to the season. And maybe one of us probably we will trek up to Aberdeen at some point um, to to see them uh, if I can. Fine time in the diary, um, but yeah. Let's before we kind of go into the kind of coming fixtures this weekend. Let's bring it the midweeks. Um, you talk about you mentioned it, so why not talk about it? Southern University getting their first win of the season. I won a win against Kilmarnock. Uh, Lindsay Blue's penalty. There's a clip of the play, penalty being put up by Southern Uni, so we know it was scored. But uh, from the, put, retweeting it out, like I always do with any content that's video based and shows game highlights, um, I saw there was a, a reply from Lord McGregor, the killer keeper, who. Didn't think it was apparently. We we don't know either way, but what we do know is that a first one for Southern University is a good result for them on the back of that one each draw burning your thistle on the Sunday as well. Yeah, they were um, from some of their first games back were some heavy defeats against teams up at that top end of the table. But both people from Aberdeen and Dundee United had said they're not actually as bad as their table position shows. They've, they've played pretty well in those games. Um got that point against Boromir. Themselves had a great win tonight, and then got on there. There was no updates from from Sterling or Kilmarnock. Kelly have had explained to me why that is Sterling. I don't know. Um, so then look at the phone and see that suddenly they'd won a game and kept a clean sheet as well. It's good to see that they're not just kind of being left adrift at the bottom. So I mean, it's great for them. It's a big win, um, just in terms of confidence. They're obviously not going to be going anywhere um, in the league this season, but it's it's good to see the players having something finally to to show for their efforts and. Against the Kilmarnock side that have, have taken some good results themselves since they've come back, sorry. So it's, it's a big win for Sterling, just as I say, in terms of getting that kind of boost. And hopefully, once they, they get back to having players playing during the, their university uh, calendar as well, we'll maybe see them being that bit more competitive. But an important win and an impressive win for them tonight against a decent Kilmarnock side. Yep. And final game was Queen's Park now, Birmingham Thistle 3. Um, again, there was both highlights tweeted out from Queen's Park. So Shout out for getting them out. Um, 3 0 victory for Burnham I'm, I'm a bit surprised at the scoreline. I, th- I thought it'd be a bit closer than that. Do the, these are the two sides that kind of came up from. Man, when there was an SWFL 1 South, that feels like it was about 25 years ago now. But uh, they, are, they were the two sides to come up that were underneath the development sides in that league. Um, and obviously, Queen's Park Hanks had the better start to it, but Burnham have maybe grown into the league a little bit. And that, that is maybe reflecting that result. But uh, a three now win for Barmy Thistle, who themselves have a, a very, very young team, um, is, a, is an excellent result for them. It is. I mean, we mentioned Barmy earlier on in the season where they were getting some results um, and kind of growing themselves into the league, like you'd said. And then they drop points in games that they maybe think, oh, that's one we've got a real chance of getting something from. And Queen's part of a team, they'll think they're on a similar level to them. But I did see it being tighter. Queen's didn't look too bad um, in their defeat with Aberdeen last week. 3 0 was maybe a bit harsh there. So to look at the scoreline and see the same result again, it was a wee bit surprising. Um, I've seen Burramure on Sunday for the first time in a long time, so 
Um, ben testing to see if they can keep that up and kind of take a bit of confidence from it against against the Glasgow women's side that have well, clearly been lacking a bit themselves. But it's a good win as well, and it's good to see tonight that there are different teams winning as the SWP pair of Twitter outs. You can't ever say this league's not unpredictable. That was one result that we might have seen them winning, but certainly didn't see it being that comfortable. So they go out anytime you score three goals, keep a clean sheet. Of course, you're going to be delighted with that, and it's. It's a good win for Boromir against the Queen's Pats, like we say, that have proven that they can they can um, cause teams upsets on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just means that that bottom half of the table, although there isn't, Stirling University are a little bit adrift, but that bottom half of the table with Boromir, Kilmarnock, Queen's Park, and even Glasgow women and, and St. Johnson above them now, th- there's something for those sides at that, that 13 point plus kind of point to kind of aim for for the rest of the season. So it should mean it stays nice and competitive. Which brings us on to this Sunday, where we have a full fixture list. Um, Burnley Thistle are at home to Glasgow Women. It's Pat Thistle against Stirling University. Kelly against Queen's Park. Uh, Dundee United against St. Johnson. And then probably the big one for the weekend, uh, Aberdeen against Hamilton Ackies up at Cormac Park. Uh, if Aberdeen win that, they, they are essentially home and hosed. But for Ackies, it's... If I remember rightly, Pat Thistle and Dundee United still have to play Aberdeen as well. So... Yeah, that's right. Yes, that is right. <laughs> um, and I think as well, part of this will play the midweek on a Thursday night, um, as as sometimes the, the situation with Cormac Park. Um, so for Aki's, it's a so, so it's obviously a tough trip, and the fact that Aberdeen still have games live, where potentially they might not have games live come later in the season, makes it maybe that a little bit more tricky. Um. I mean, it's going to be tricky when you're going up to a team that's won every game at home this season and won every game bar one across the whole season anyway. Um, they'll want to get the league wrapped up, but even after the half one, I don't think Aberdeen are a team that are going to then just ease off and think, oh, well, we've won it, let's just going to give up. They're a team of very hungry players. Um, they've got a lot to prove at, at club and international level, so it won't be easy for Aki's. They'll take confidence, obviously, from, from tonight's win. But again, as we've seen some of the results, we've seen them this season where they've, they've went on and lost games and looked a bit lethargic. They'll hope not to have that again. So it's, it's a really intriguing game. One that, as I say, goes a wee bit closer and we get going to, but you've got a new venue and a new team and things to go and see yourself. Um, but it's a big game, as all the games are for these sides, of course. But when they're playing against each other, the, the top four, um, United and Thistle will look at it as thinking right now, we kind of know Aberdeen about the way we want to, we're wanting them to do as a favour of beating other teams. Well, they've got games themselves that they'll think, look, these could be tricky, but we need to go on and win them. And then United will be hoping, obviously. And Aki's defeat could then knock a bit of confidence before they play them next week. So there's there's just so much going on and teams have got to be focused on how these things are going to go. I mean, if anyone's going to take points off Aberdeen, why can't it be Hamilton? They're, they've certainly got a good enough squad there. You've shown tonight, coming from behind, to, to beat a tough part of this side. Why can't they go and do it again up in Aberdeen on Sunday? So there's, it's one of these games where anything really could happen. And again, it's it's guaranteed that whatever happens on Sunday, it's going to play a big, big part in this promotion race. Absolutely. And of course, with Dundee United playing St. Johnson, St. Johnson beating Hamilton Ackies 1-0 last Sunday. And Patrick playing Stalin Uni, who have found a wee bit of form out of kind of their back pocket. Um, that certainly won't be easy either. I was having a look, wee look there as you, were, as you were speaking as well. And Aberdeen's next three games are at home to Hamilton away to uh, home to Partick Thistle and then away to Dundee United so it's um, some juicy some juicy football is on the line so we'll get the get the squeezers out and pour ourselves a big old cup of it and drink it in um, 
Okay, it's, it's 10 past 11. That's that's probably plenty. Um, so, yeah, uh, that wraps it up for this week. Sorry, it's a bit kind of slapdash, bit last minute. But we are still getting to the games. We are still keeping an eye on it. We are still talking about it. And we will get a podcast out by hook or by crook, even if it involves staying up late on a school night to, to get it done. But, um, Campbell, thank you very much, as always, my friend, for coming on and having a chat about it. No worries. And thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we will speak again soon. <laughs>